Good morning. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. We're so glad that you've joined us. We pray that God will speak to you in a special and personal way uh, from His Word by His Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to be a vehicle for the Holy Spirit to use as we study the Scripture and as I declare the truth of Scripture, as I challenge you today as a child of God. And if you are not a Christian and therefore not a child of God, I I pray you'll stay tuned today. I pray you will we, you will sense His presence in a personal way, right where you are. Amen. And I pray that something said as it, as God challenges us as His children to follow Him more closely now than ever before, that you will be drawn by His love into His kingdom. Praise God. We've already been drawn by His love, translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the the kingdom of God's dear Son. And God can break your chains, set you free today. Amen. If you have if you have a heart uh, that God can touch today, and I believe you do or you wouldn't even be on this website. I don't I don't believe in accidents and just incidents. I believe in divine appointments. And I'm here by divine appointment for sure today. And I believe that you are too. And today if you're a Christian, what we need to hear in the midst of this pandemic is what the Spirit is saying to the church. Now, I've been preaching and teaching as a lot of others have. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. And friend of mine, if we ever needed our land healed, our world healed, our families healed. We need it now. But we need, as Christians, to be challenged to change. If everything is fine and everything is okay and God is pleased with us and He's pleased with the world and He's pleased with America as she is, pleased with the church world as it is, then then we should be walking in the blessing of the Lord. And a lot of people are in, are invoking that ancient blessing, that Aaron blessing. And we can obtain that blessing. There's a legitimate way to obtain that blessing that we need so desperately around the world. They put that to music and people are singing it from Nigeria to the United Kingdom to the United States. Churches are singing it, saying it because we need it it so desperately. So what is happening right now is that we are being challenged to come to a place of decision, the kind of decisions that will allow God to answer the cry for help and the cry for His blessing in this day uh, when so many people are being harmed and hurt by what is happening around our world. Not just the pandemic, but what it is producing. The famines, all of the other things, the political upheavals, the all of the lawlessness that has come along because it seemed like the, the, this is bringing out the, the worst in many, many people. Evil seems to be triumphing and good seems to be losing, but I want you to know that is not the truth 
today. Praise God. God is still on the throne. Well, I've said these things to bring us to this message today. The day, the day of decision has come. Every Christian, every child of God, every true believer. I'm not talking about people who just named the name of Christ. There's a lot of those around. There are tares among the wheat. The Bible was clear that would happen. But every true child of God, we need to make a quality commitment to follow Jesus now more than ever. The day of decision has come. And I believe the Holy Spirit has brought us to this place. The circumstances we are in has brought us to this place. And the God whom we serve has brought us to this place that we might make a quality decision to serve the Lord with a deeper devotion, resolve, and commitment than we've ever made before. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn with me to Joshua twenty-four, fourteen, and 15. It begins with now. That's why this is the day of decision. Listen to it carefully. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. You see, if there's sincerity in truth, there's going to be changes in our priorities, changes in our values. We're not going to put any other gods before our God, including the God of self. You can make self your God. You can make things your God. You can make pleasure your God. Whoever you bow to, whoever you bow to, that is the God that you and I are serving today. Listen to how Joshua deals with this in verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. You see, today is the day of decision, and we are in this place where we have to choose. You know, we're at the impasse, aren't we? We're all at a place where we have to choose to trust in man or trust in God, to trust in our leaders or trust in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to trust in man's ingenuity and ability to give us everything we need or trust in God who can, who can, who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask. Listen to verse 15 again. If it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, and my house, that's the attitude God wants to solidify in our life, <laughs> crystallize in our life. Hallelujah. As for me and my house, can't speak for what everybody else is going to do. Not going to see and, and, and try to meet a status quo created by others. No. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You hear the resolve in that, in this day of cheap grace and easy believism. There's a great need in the body of Christ for Christians who will accept the Holy Spirit's challenge to make a decisive decision 
to follow Jesus with resolve and deep devotion. With resolve and deep devotion. Amen. There's a song that is out today that is really a, a, a good song. I love to hear it. It's relatively new. And, and, it, and the name of the song is, Is He Worthy? Is He Worthy to take the seals, to break the seals and open the scroll? Is He worthy of our praise, of our adoration, of our devotion? Is He worthy? And that is the question that must be answered before we can answer in the affirmative. And if there's anyone or anything above Him in our life, we need to put away those things because they become idols. You don't have to have a a great stone image sitting in your living room. Amen. The Bible said literally in the New Covenant that covetousness itself is idolatry because we are are going after that that we feel will fulfill us above him whom we know will fulfill us spiritually. Amen. Listen, there are three symbols that our Lord used to challenge our hearts to this quality commitment. And if there ever was a day when it is needed, and a circumstance in which we are in where it is needed, it is this day. This is the day of decision. Now is the time to make a quality decision, a, a me and my house decision to follow Jesus Christ. The first symbol of true commitment to Christ is the cross. In Matthew sixteen twenty four and 25, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. There's a lot of tension between God's will for us and our own self-will. And sometimes that's the reason uh, that we can't find the peace that we so desperately look for and need. That's the reason that we can't find that place of rest in the Lord that we need to find. That place of exclusive trust that we can just just let go and let God. Hallelujah. Amen. But when we are able to make a decision to crucify the flesh. That's what taking up the cross is. You see, the cross represents self-sacrificing love. This is the kind and quality of love that Jesus demonstrated through His life and His death on Calvary. Verse 25 gives us the powerful and positive result of committing ourselves to live our lives according to His divine pattern. And it simply says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Losing our life, our self-will, leaving the fleshly selfishness and self-centeredness at the cross will bring a mighty liberation from the weakness and wickedness of the flesh. We will then come to know the and experience the life in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Amen. Remember what Paul said? I'm dead, but wait a minute, yet I'm alive. I'm, 
I'm not a zombie. I'm dead, but I'm not the walking dead like so many people in so many churches in this this day of the falling away. Amen. Somebody said said twelve twelve. P.M. is when the church gives up its dead. Oh, friend of mine, I don't want to be part of the frozen chosen in this generation. There's no peace. There's no, there's no hope in dead religious systems. Oh, but there is great peace and power and hope in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You see, the spirit-filled, spirit-controlled, life of abundance and power and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost is found when we take up our cross so that we can truly follow Jesus Christ. Our search for the Spirit-filled and spiritually fulfilling life begins when we take up our cross. This past Easter, a minister saw a sign in a jewelry store window that read, Classy Crosses. Every kind and variety. And he went on to say some of them. I went in to see what, what, what this class of crosses was. Some were made of gold and precious stones. Some cheap metal imitations. Crosses for casual or dressy occasions. Crosses that cost very much. And crosses that cost very little. Crosses that can be worn without making one seem overly religious or even religious at all. I've seen hard rock art, artists wearing, wearing crosses that represent a, a, a life committed to Christ because of his life laid down for us. A college co-ed, when asked, are you a Christian, responded, yes, I believe in Christ, but I'm not crazy about him. What an attitude to have. In other words, if it push comes to shove, I'm not going to choose to have any kind of persecution, any kind of, of sacrifice of my, my heart's desires in order to follow him. See, Jesus didn't just say, go and, and get people to, to say they are followers of me. He said, go and make disciples of me of all nations. Not just get them in, ha in buildings and call it a church, but get them to truly take up their cross and follow me. To take all that we are and all that we have and hand it over to the Lord may not be easy, and it certainly isn't, but it can be done. And when it is done, there's one less candidate for defeat and compromise and one more candidate for a blessed and triumphant and fulfilling Christian life. You can't follow Jesus without self-denial. You can't follow Jesus because he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in me. Amen. And what was that mind who made of himself no reputation, though he thought it not robbery to be called equal with God, but humbled himself and took on himself the form of a servant and became obedient even to the death of the cross. Make no mistake about it. The death on the cross brought life to us. <laughs> Eternal life. 
because he gave up his life and said, not my will, but thine be done. And the day that we do that, we're going to find our life. We're going to find that resurrection life that brought Jesus out of the grave. Hallelujah. Listen, the second symbol is the yoke. In Matthew eleven, twenty-eight and 29, listen to what Jesus said, Come unto me, ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. This is this commitment to obey God and to obey Christ. It's, it's what it means to follow Him. Take my yoke. Let this mind be in you, which was also this mindset. Hallelujah. Take my yoke upon you, verse 29, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. You see that tension between the pull of the world and 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 the knowledge that you are not in you're in the world but you're not of the world that tension between your own self-will and God's will for your life it ceases at the cross when you take up your cross and then you take his yoke on you he said for my yoke is easy and my burden is light Hallelujah. Praise God. Figuratively, in the Greek, this word yoke means uh, uh, a, a servitude, a submission to authority. This is the surrender, friend, that brings serenity. When, when we, through a commitment to obey the Lord and recognize His government and His authority, literally His Lordship, we begin to experience the peace of surrender. The end of conflicting wills, a powerful liberation from pride and stubbornness. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something about meekness. Meekness is not weakness. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, but it is not weakness. It is power under control. We possess such power within our will that God himself will not force our will. This is a day of decision, but we are challenged to make it. We, we are told, we are called to offer our body. By the mercies of God, I beseech you by the mercies of God. The, 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 how should we respond? Is he worthy? That's what Paul is saying. Is he worthy of a total commitment? Is he worthy of a decisive decision? Is he worthy of self-sacrifice? Is He worthy of losing our life to find His life and to exalt Him? Meekness is not weakness. It's power under control. And God has given us the power of a sovereign will that He Himself will not force. But here's what He says, I beseech you by the mercies of God. Through Paul, He says it. He says that you offer your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. One translation says your true spiritual worship. Worship is not just mouthing words and following the song leader. It is in our heart expressing devotion of our life to the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said, take my yoke. It's a choice. 
It's a decision. It's an act of love and devotion, an expression of His Lordship in our life. Let me give you an example of that. When Holiday Inn years ago decided to build a $55 million casino in Atlantic City, L.M. Clymer, president and chief executive of the organization, resigned his job in protest. When asked why, listen to his answer. It is my overriding regard and respect for my Lord Jesus Christ which led me to make this decision. (laughs) Aren't you glad there are some Christians that would turn down millions of dollars out of their deep regard and respect for our Lord and Savior? Is He worthy of this kind of commitment, of a, as for me and my house, commitment? The cross And the yoke, take my yoke, let this mind be in you, praise God, and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in spirit. And that tension between my will and God's will is over, and the rest and peace that comes, hallelujah. I'm so glad to know that I'm in God's will today. I never ever have made a statement that I have ever kept it perfectly, but I have made the statement, and I do today, that I'm perfectly committed to bowing to it with His help, with His grace, with His power, with His strength, with His mercy. Hallelujah. I can take up my cross and deny myself and find joy in the journey while following Jesus Christ. And friend, so can you and so must you. We're in a time when we have to make, we need to make, we can't sit on the fence, we have to identify with Jesus Christ today. The third symbol he used, the cross, the yoke, is the plow, the symbol of our commitment to serve the Lord. Luke 29, verse 57 through 61, listen. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto them, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. Boy, it's easy to say, isn't it? And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests. Now, if you think that this easy believism is the gospel of Christ, it is not. If you think this incentive to serve God so we can indulge our own fleshly lust, so that we can just live for the pleasures of the flesh, that that promise of material gain is an incentive to really follow Jesus. It is not the Christ of the Bible. It is not. It is, it is not a symbol. Gaining riches in the name of devotion to Christ is not a symbol of devotion to Him. Who wouldn't serve Him to just get rich and live and live for the pleasures of the flesh? Listen. He said, Lord, I'm going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said unto him, The foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not a place to lay his head. Boom! Are you really serious about following me 
wherever I go, if this is the condition, are you, am I worthy? What, what, what did it say? Amen. His disciples, Peter, left his nets, left his fishing business, and followed him. <laughs> and and said, we've left all to follow you. And Jesus said, have you lacked anything? He wasn't talking about all the things that a prosperous fishing business could bring. He's talking about all of the fulfillment that money can't buy, that the material world knows nothing of. And that's why they're ever getting, but never having enough. Amen. Because he that finds his life is going to lose it. But he that loses it for my sake is going to find it. That's the abundant life that Jesus is talking about. Glory be to God. Verse 59. And he said unto another, follow me. One said, I'll follow you. He said, yeah, really? Well, here's the deal. You still want to go? He said to another, follow me. And he said, Lord, suffer me to first and go bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. Oh, friend, that sounds like, how can he be that heartless? Let the man go. You you know, I, I did some research on this, and many scholars that have looked into this. The people would use an excuse of of burying a family member to get out of doing something that they really didn't want to do. Jesus is saying, if you're going to be worthy to preach the gospel, something so vital to where people spend eternity, you can't put anything else above that call and above following me. Amen. And and people would make an excuse. It, it, num- number one was the impulsive, acting without thought. I'll follow you whithersoever thou goest. And he rejected the impulsive decision, for it's not based on counting the cost. And this one is procrastination to put off acting. Jesus cannot use our lives unless we are in a state of readiness to respond and not put off a deep devotion, decision, devoted decision to follow Him. Verse 61 said, And another also said, Lord, I will follow Thee, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, Here's that symbol of deep devotion and service. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. This is not talking about going to heaven. This is not talking about your salvation. This is talking about your service. God is saying this is too important for someone that is still so connected to his family commitments that he can't see the harvest fields that he can't see literally the forest for the trees he's looking back before he even starts forward and that is the irresolute undecided without determination he was looking back before even getting started if to serve the lord meant unruffled uh, serenity and no opposition, and no persecution, and no conflict, and no self-sacrifice, no personal commitment, then men would serve God for none but selfish reasons. 
Christian discipleship is not mere decidedship. It involves true commitment. It involves true commitment from the heart. You see, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks deeper. God looks squarely upon the heart. Someone has said, the true Christian life has not been tried and found too difficult. It has been found difficult and left untried. But our God stands ready today and able to give each of us the power to carry out every decision we make to truly follow Jesus. If you make that decision, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to serve Him. And I'm going to lead my family by my example. Hallelujah. To serve God. The degree of resurrection power we enjoy is in direct proportion to the degree which we crucify the flesh. You see, unless I die to myself, He can't live His life in me and through me. But if I die to myself, I'll find His life. And that's what the Apostle said, I'm dead. I'm dead, but wait a minute, but yet I'm alive. And yet it's no more I that live, but it's Christ that liveth in me. <laughs> and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith, the, the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, if we see Christians in this day of the falling away, true Christians in this day of, of self-serving and a gospel of, of greed and avarice, a gospel that says, come to Christ so you can get rich and lavish your riches and wealth upon your own pleasures. Oh, it fulfills the perilous time. Men will be lovers of themselves. And down at the end of all the sins that selfishness and self self-indulgence creates, down at the end of that, it says they will become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And friend of mine, we are told from such to turn away in Scripture. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. This is sanctification. This is sanctification cleansed and set apart. For a holy purpose. I'll tell you, God wants some Christians with a testimony that will affect the world about them. And blending in is not how we do that. But, and, and self-righteousness is not the way we do that. But standing for Jesus today in sharp contrast to the culture about us with a value system that is diametrically different because we answer the question, is he worthy? And we say yes in the affirmative. He's worthy of my self-denial. He's worthy of me taking up my cross. But that doesn't leave me empty. That allows me to be filled. <laughs> Hallelujah. And fulfill the scripture, be not drunk with wine. Not just the alcoholic beverage, but the cares of this life. Listen, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit, understanding what the will of the Lord is. His will for you and me today is that we make a decisive decision 
as for me and my house, we're going to represent the cross. We're going to represent the yoke. And we're going to represent the plow. And as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I know the Holy Spirit is calling you. How do you know that? Because He came to convince the world of sin. Not just to accuse us. We're all condemned God knows we've sinned and come short. That's why He sent Jesus. And that's why Jesus went to the cross for you and me. Because we couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't live a sinlessly perfect life. So He shed perfect, sinless blood from a perfect, sinless body. Took our punishment. Became our sacrifice lamb so that we could repent of our sin and be forgiven our sin and be changed from the inside out and become followers, therefore, of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Don't run from Him. Don't say, I could never follow Him. I could never. There's No, you can't. Oh, but friend, if you'll lay your life at His feet at the foot of the cross and say, take my life, all that I have and all that I am. You're worthy. You laid down your life for me and you're worthy of me laying down my life for you. He'll take that life. He'll fill that life and He will use that life. And Christian... This is the day of decision. This is the hour of decision. This is the moment of decision. Oh, more than ever, we need for true Christians to be true to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We love you today. God is moving in the midst of the chaos, in the middle of the crisis. He wants to send a mighty revival to His church and a mighty revival to the world through His church. Let's be part of God's move. In Jesus' name.